0: Pastor, we have been in a sermon series here at PUMC for a little while now called uh, Google It. Google is a pretty uh, dominant force in our culture. It's an internet search engine where many of us go multiple times per day to find answers, uh, to find out what a thing is or where a thing is at. And what we're doing in the sermon series is we're uh, comparing and contrasting what the internet has to say about a thing with what scripture or the church, those who follow the way, what we have to say about a thing. And so today's thing, today's word, as Thomas has already mentioned, is beauty. We're going to uh, the beginning, the beginning of the book, The Beginning of Things, For our reading this morning in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light. was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light through the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters and the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? God, we join with all the other created things in our worship of you this day. We pray that in this moment, we, your creatures, would have the ability to to see things differently, perhaps. God, we pray that you would reveal to us whatever it is that we need revealed in this moment. May your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's through Christ that we pray, amen. So this week I jumped on the internet and I googled beauty. Beauty. This week was a little different than some of the other weeks. Some of the other weeks, the, uh, the search results have been quite diverse, and they have presented uh, the one doing the searching for sermon preparation, several different angles to which uh, I could take to address that particular topic or that particular word. Uh, this week, the search results were, were overwhelming. I typed in beauty, and I was inundated with different links to click for beauty products. <laughs> Imagine that. Somebody wants you to buy something. You know, truly, the, the way that, that beauty is presented to us, it's, it's not so good. It's unhealthy. Strategic marketing employees. We experience a lot of what we call projection. See, look how good this thing looks. Look how good this person looks. It's, it's without blemish. It, it, it's nice and neat and shiny and new, or they are nice and pretty and shiny and new. And, and if, if you do not look like that, or your things do not look like that, then you are less than. That's the projection that we encounter day in and day out on our screens. It's telling us that we must look A certain way and our things must look a certain way otherwise we're ugly we're told that wrinkles are bad have them buy this cream we're told that acne is bad you have it buy this cream they've even went so far to say that baldness is bad Buy this cream. Your eye color needs to be this or that, and if you do not have six-pack abs, regardless of your age, you should feel ashamed. Beauty, we are led to believe, is something that can be bought and sold. And for many of us, It becomes the number one most desired thing of things, to be beautiful. Globally, it's estimated that last year, $382 billion was spent on beauty products. 382 billion, that is billion with a B, and that is a lot. And all in the name of acquiring some level of beauty that we are led to believe that We can buy and indeed we should buy at any cost or else we be ugly. We have the beauty bug so bad that many of us won't even buy an ugly piece of fruit. (laughs) Like we want our produce to be pretty. We'll dig and dig and dig through a produce bin looking for that one piece of fruit, that one piece of produce that doesn't have a blemish on it, the pretty produce. Because somehow we've been conditioned to believe that if it looks good, if it, if it does not have blemish, then it must taste better than all the other produce. You know, our our concept of, of beauty is is messed up. It's messed up. And so I went to the scriptures to, to try to reconcile things and to see what's revealed there about beauty. And, and to my disappointment, <laughs> beauty's not talked about in the scriptures in a way that's all that different than the way that we talk about it now. In fact, the word beauty only comes up a few times in the book, uh, whereas the word beautiful does come up quite a bit, but not in a way that is all that contrary to the ways in which we already talk about beauty these days. There are a few references about the value of inner beauty in Scripture and how inner beauty kind of exceeds this external beauty. And there are numerous instances where beauty is used in the Scriptures as a way to challenge people to live a more godly life. For example, uh, the prophets often talk about the beauty of a person, place, or thing being laid waste because of the failure of the people to live In a godly way. Yeah, that's how beauty is talked about in Scripture. Explicitly, anyway. Beautiful things laid waste because of individual and collective sin. But other than that, in an overwhelming fashion, Scripture just mentions beauty to talk about pretty things and pretty people. He had a beautiful wife. This was a beautiful land, not all that different. It's nice, it's neat, it's shiny, it's pretty. Some people and things are beautiful, while others are not, thus making them ugly. That's the narrative. So after doing my Google and my scripture research on beauty this week, I realized I was in trouble. But thankfully, we have a long, long history in the church of talking about beauty. For so long as there has been Christian thought, there have been Christian thinkers who have been taking the whole narrative of Scripture and considering. What is beauty? So, even though scripture does not define beauty, in fact, seldom if ever does scripture offer any definitions, those who engage the scriptures in deep and meaningful ways have still been gleaning notions of beauty from the scriptures for centuries. It has been a very prominent, prominent topic in Christian thought, and it should be. Since beauty is a thing that gets discussed a lot, and in our time, since beauty is the thing that is desired above all things, then those of us who engage with Scripture, we, have, we should have something to say about beauty that is, that is a little bit different than it being about nice, neat, shiny, and pretty things. And so one of the, the, the most foundational points that uh, those who... Uh, uh, talk about beauty in the church, one of the, the most foundational points made throughout this, this Christian thought is that God is beauty. God is true beauty, not a superficial type of beauty, but beauty in its purest, most unaltered form. God is beauty, and therefore God is the source of all beauty. Beauty. And so, if God is the source of beauty, and God out of a great pleasure and delight creates all that is, then all things that are created are inherently beautiful. You follow me? We're back to only one or two head shakes, Katie. Katie. We had like one at 8.15. I think we had four at, at 9.40. I think we're like somewhere in between one and four now. Let's try this again. So God is the source of all beauty. And if God, out of God's grace and delight and pleasure, creates as the source of beauty, then everything created, is inherently beautiful. We got a lot more. (laughs) We're trending in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. At least 100 billion galaxies, at least 100 billion galaxies Create it. Beautiful. Who knows how many suns and moons and stars? Create it. Beautiful. An old an untold number of, of, of planets. created and beautiful this third rock from this one particular sun that we currently occupy created and beautiful lakes and rivers and streams vast oceans created and beautiful Butterflies, hummingbirds, create it and beautiful. Azaleas, rhododendrons, long leaf pines, create it and beautiful. And then there's you, with the wrinkles, with the baldness. Create it, beautiful, you, beautiful you. Me, me too, us, created, beautiful, even the things that that we deem as ugly, they're beautiful too, flowers that are fading, beautiful. Now, this next one's hard to believe, but if it's not true, then the rest of everything else I've said can't be true either, so it's got to be true. Mosquitoes. (laughs) And that's beautiful. The wrinkles, the the, the acne, the baldness, the, the white hair, whatever it is, beautiful. Suffering. Deathbeds, darkness, scary, scary darkness. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And the list, the, the list can go on and on, and, and it, it needs to go on. A tree that is dying. A tree that is cut down. A tree that is fashioned into a cross. You see, one of the most beautiful things that has ever happened and that will ever happen, it happened through an ugly death. On a cut down tree. And why would God do such a thing? Well, it's because God loves beautiful things. Beauty is not a thing that can be bought and sold. And even if it could be, God has already paid the price. Let us pray. God, help us to see the created world around us as you see it. Help us to see the beauty in all that is, even those things that we deem ugly. Help us to see that all the beautiful things around us are, are not ours to hold on to. Help us to understand, help us to live into the reality that the beauty of your creation is made for delight and appreciation and not our own gain. Help us to see the splendor, the splendor of all things. Help our vision of the world to be open to see the beauty of the year and now, so that we can also, through experiencing the beauty of the here and now, catch a glimpse of the beauty of the infinite. We ask this in all things, through the beautiful and crucified Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people say, Amen.